Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 259. Wait, wait, go. message you got? We about to go live, you ready to rock? So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a more printer. Strict planning to war. About to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live. Are you ready to rock? So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 259 of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Michael J. Putty, joined by the one and only Marcus J. Schwan. Marcus, how you doing today, buddy? Mark, where did the J come from? I don't know. That's like that's not even close. My middle name is Alexander. No, it's not. It, it's it, Davenport. It no, it's, okay, well, even if it was Davenport, that's a D, not a J. Yeah, no, I said J. I'm going to say D. It just, I think about myself, I guess. I mean, you're Michael J, putty. Is that right? I, I'm, I don't know. I, I Sometimes I don't know what you're What thinking. are we talking about? Let's move on. Okay. Mark, how you doing, buddy? I, I'm do, I was doing great until this moment. Now, now I just feel confused. Yeah, you and me both. That's me all week. <laughs> how are you doing, man? How are you doing? That's, that is the real question. You want the honest answer? I always or want like the honesty. Or like a kayfabe show answer? No, no. I want honesty. I have no clue. Yeah. No, I mean. That, <laughs> I have that, no clue. Depends on the day. Right. Uh, I think we can get the show without any crying tonight. See what happens. Hey, man. Like, you know, but, uh, like I said a, last show, okay. you got you got to own your feelings, bro. This week was rough. I was, like, more in my feelings this week. But uh, it was all right. It was okay. I'm hanging in there. All right. Powering through it. One day at a time. Respect. 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 You got to carry on. I'm, I'm just glad you're here for a second week in a row right now. Or why wouldn't I be? Well, because, you know, you know it's a touchy, it's a touchy oh, subject yeah. right now. You know, like. Oh, I did not want to do the show tonight. No. I really did not want to do the show. The show is just so overwhelming. There's so much going on here. With the, with the show, I'm like, I don't want to deal with it this week. It, you know, I texted you yesterday. I'm like, hey, man, like, AEW, same thing. Like, you know, we're, we're watching AEW tonight, by the way, as we're recording. Uh, I was just like, hey, do you want me to come before the show, watch SmackDown together? Wasn't hearing anything. Crickets. No. Texted today. Hey, what's the deal? Nothing. I'm like, I'm going to have to do the show tonight. I'm going to have to do the yeah. show by myself tonight. No, my defense, <laughs> you, you texted me that in the middle of the day, and I was last, this week has been very busy at work. Okay. And then when I got home, I just totally forgot about it because I was in my feelings. Um, so today, I was like, oh, shit, it's fucking 630. Let me text him back. I totally forgot. That's my bad. No, no. Oh, good. Oh, good. I was I was getting a little worried. I was like, I don't want to have to do the show alone again. I don't want to have to do it alone again. Because Green Man sent me a text yesterday, too, telling me, my boy, Alex Riley is going to be on uh, Boardwalk Buds, uh, I think in August. Is it August or July? I don't remember. Check it out on Facebook. I'm like, oh. And I forgot I replied to him because I was busy at work. Mm. I replied to him today. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, here we are. Britt Breaker. Britt Breaker. Why did I say that? Britt Baker coming on out. Oh, hamburgers? Yeah, she, she got like a coupon for like 1500 or 15000 Big Macs from McDonald's. That's amazing. I don't know why. I, I don't know why either. Does she look like someone that eats McDonald's? No. No? Doesn't seem like she would support either being a dentist. All those seeds. Mm. And shit getting the meat chunks. Right. Oh, my God. How good does she look as champ? How good does she look as champion right now? Buddy, you called it last week. Seriously, I feel like they, they designed that belt for her because she looks like a million bucks with that thing. That belt sucked. 
it would be an embarrassment for the face of your company to wear a fucking child's belt. So yes, they did this belt just for her, and it looks amazing. It, it looks like a real grown-up belt. It actually fits her better than Sheeta. Yeah, because it's a grown-up belt. It's grown-up. All right. Well, I have nothing for the intro chat right now. I, think I have something good- else. I wanted to talk about something else, but we're going to take a break and get into the news, but I will do that. We're going to watch Brick Breaker for the second week in a row. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. Dude, Britt Baker, she called it. She called it, man. She's like, when I'm on TV, you can't help but watch me. She's right. She, it's, it's like she knew what we were doing. Like, yeah, we're in the middle of doing a podcast right now. We just stopped what we're doing to pay attention to her. Yeah, two weeks in a row. Yeah. Killed it, man. Absolutely killed it. And I love how she paid homage to um, Scott Hall and that jacket. Yes. Similar to what uh, Damian Priest did, I guess. But somehow it looks better on her. I mean, of course. I mean, of course. Throwing it out there. <laughs> and I have to I have to mention, you know, since it already passed and we're, we're recording right now, Andrade showing up tonight in AEW, that was... You seem instructed. You know, I heard rumors that was going to happen, but then, like, you know... I heard I rumors he was with you on Sunday, right? Sunday. It, I didn't necessarily know for sure it was going to happen or not. I called um, it when Vicky Guerrero came out. I'm like, oh, it's Andrade? Yeah, she cut off Mark Henry and then... I'm like, this is Andrade? Yeah. It was hey, cool to see my girl Bunny. I haven't seen her in a while. No, yeah, I know. We we kind of hit it off at Boardwalk Beatdown a couple years ago, but whatever. I mean, it, clearly she's moved on. One of us has. But Andrade, man, I have to say, he looked like a million bucks out there. Yeah, it's funny how like how awesome he is when he gets in, given a chance to shine, like he did in NXT. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping they uh, he has a good job there. I'm very intrigued, very intrigued about what he can do at AEW. Now, do you think we'll get the Kenny Omega on Andrade match for the AAA championship on AEW, or is that going to be? It sounds like that's going to happen. I now that's a great question whether it's going to be on on because um, the impact AEW or because AEW loves to have other companies championships, right? Right. So why not put it like on a dynamite? Get more eyes on AAA. That would be great. I mean, that would be great for business for AAA, especially with all things considered. What happened with the pandemic? They were they were kind of like up in limbo for a bit, right? A lot bit, yeah, <laughs> a lot bit. So one guy I was kind of. Creeped out by when I was a kid? Isaac Yankum. <laughs> DDS? Yeah. Okay. DDS stands for Doctor of Dental Surgery. I kind of knew that. All right. That makes sense. Of course. No clue what DMD stands for. Am I the only one? Wh- am, I, am I big of an idiot? Like, do I not know what it stands for? What does it stand for? So you don't know either? Dental medical degree? No. Great guess, Marcus. DMD stands for Doctor of Dental Medicine. Shouldn't it be DDM then? <laughs> so fucking annoying. <laughs> My OCD is really kicking in right now. Uh, with that, I guess we should probably get into some news then, huh? <laughs> Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Lana, Ruby Riot, Buddy Murphy, and a good friend of mine, Santana Garrett. They all have something in common, I think, right? They were all released this week. It's not known exactly who or whom, but... Some of them wanted to leave the company. Okay. It's being reported, Marcus. There are going to be more releases in the coming weeks. The company used the reasons, air quotes, budget cuts. Come on. This time around. They really are sticking with that, huh? That's cute. Wednesday morning, I was laying in bed, and I got a notification on my phone that WWE is expected to release major names soon. I'm like, oh, what major names is it going to be? 
Was not expecting Braun Strowman. No. Was not expecting Aleister Black. Was not expecting Lana. Was definitely not, not ex- expecting Lana. Lana just signed a uh, recently yeah. a huge contract. Was not expecting Ruby Riot. Buddy and Murphy, Santana Garrett, who I'm assuming is one of the people who are asking for her release. Makes sense. I think Buddy Murphy is asking for his release as well. Yeah. Um, this was this was a huge. Now, Marcus, whenever someone gets released from WWE in the last year and a half, two years, all I hear online in the Twitterverse, oh, they should go to AEW. AEW <laughs> should sign them. Like, AEW has this, like, unlimited budget. Now, but is there a certain point where, like, AEW becomes the place where WB cast-offs go? Should they not want to sign these people? I mean, wasn't that what WCW was at one point? Yeah. You know, and WCW, honestly, before, like, creative got really out of control and NWO spread like a cancer. But quickly, uh, the, those names are big, huge names, though, like Macho Man, Lex Luger. Right. Those two names I can think no, of. No, right of, co- of course. But I'm, I'm saying, like, it still really worked well for WCW at that time. And, I mean, Braun Strowman, that's a huge name. Literally. That that's a huge huge name. Now, I don't know me personally. I have I've said for the record I am not a fan of Braun Strowman. I think his comments that he made during the pandemic were very insensitive. I actually find it quite ironic. Please, re- you mentioned this in one of our chats. Can you please refresh our listeners in case they don't remember or don't know? I'm paraphrasing here. It's not word for word, but you know Braun Strowman is pretty much putting down people in the indie wrestling community about. When they when they lost jobs, when they lost bookings, he's like, well, you know, uh, I didn't really have to go through anything like that, blah, blah, blah. You know, if if, if you're not saving or whatever, you know, maybe this business is cut off for you. It's like, dude, we're going through a pandemic, bro. And I totally forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. Like, that's very insensitive comment right now, especially with the timing and everything. Like, it, it's not like it was poor savings or, 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 or poor like, whatever. Like, at that point... Especially early on in the pandemic, you didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. Yes, you didn't know what was going to be next, uh, and I, I just felt like it was bad taste in his part. Especially considering like how many people in WWE at that point like, came from the Indies. So you are AEW executive, and you're hearing all the AEW haters out there. Do you reach out to these people and risk getting the stigmata of being a? Cast off for WWE? No, places, see, or see, do this, what's best for business. This, catch these guys. This is what I was talking to someone about, a, a friend of mine, who's who's saying like, oh, you know, is, is AEW going to be that company? I said, listen, you're a San Francisco 49ers fan. Julio Jones is on the block. Are you not going to take him just because like, oh man, we already have so many Falcons in our team? Yeah, no, but it's like, different because it's, say the Falcons released ten guys, and the 49ers signed all ten guys. People are going to say, who are, but the thing is, who are these 10 guys? And those, are those 10 guys a fit? Not everyone on that list, by the way, would necessarily be a fit for AEW. So I don't necessarily think that they should go after every single person that's on that list. They didn't do so last time. They no, didn't I'm do so the time before that. Well, I think Lana's a given. I don't think she's a given. Really? I don't think she's as given as people think she is. Who knows? Like, she, she acts. That was her number one. Before she's an entertainer, she doesn't need wrestling. She liked wrestling, but she's getting better at it. I mean, not being, but she's putting the effort in. She's. I, I don't necessarily think she's a fit for AEW. I I could see her going on to acting, doing other things. I just feel like they sign her. They're gonna probably pair with Rusev, um, Miro, Miro, and it's just gonna be like, oh, I saw this already. That's why I, I I don't think they should sign her. 
I if if she's going to go to wrestling, if she's going to continue having a wrestling career, it's going to be at AEW. But I don't I don't know her personally. But I don't think CJ goes. How about Ruby Riot? Ruby Riot, I could see AEW. I could see Impact for sure. I could definitely see Impact. But I think AEW's roster would benefit with her on there. I think that would be actually a very sneaky signing for AEW in a good way because of just her her expertise from from being in the main show from being WWE for so long and knowing um having an indie background as well but knowing how to transition to TV I think that would help mm. some of the younger girls there on that roster in AEW uh and 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 fine tuning some of the of their um of their flaws to to make it to make it better to make it flow a lot better so I think that would be a good signing there. Braun Strowman, I think, would be a horrible signing for AEW because of the comments that he made. Because think about it, like most of that roster is from the independents. Yeah, but I forgot about his comments. I think a lot of people might have else forgotten them. Uh, if you're an indie worker, you have not forgotten those comments. Trust me, I, I've been in that chat. I've talked to some of my fellow indie friends. They have not forgotten either. So, man, man, I, I, numerous times in the show... I shat on Aleister Black because it was so boring. I didn't buy into his gimmick, didn't buy into his character, didn't even like his fucking look. And then, was it, was it Marcus like three weeks ago? I was on the show. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> you no, know, Copa here. Aleister Black is kind of sucking me in. Finally, some sort of character, a backstory, something I can dive into. Oh, shit, Marcus. He's coming out on, on SmackDown, getting to a thing with Big E. Okay. Okay, I am down. I am down. Mark, he got released. I'm like, oh, Jesus. And remember a year ago, like I was saying, like, oh, man, they're really investing to this guy. This is my guy to watch. They just gave him new entrance music. Right. Oh, man. I was, this one was like, what? But he, he is a guy that can go to any company. He can even awesome. go to New Japan, and he's going to crush it. I mean, that, that man was so underutilized. Totally. One of the, in NXT, he was good, from what I heard. Right. And and Booker T, I know, called him out recently about saying like you know Booker T apparently been hanging on a lot of people this week. Maybe, he's been busy this week. We say maybe he didn't want it enough. Or whatever, I, I don't know. Also mentioned, it's reported that there are going to be more releases coming. Mm. Who do you think they'll release next? Liv Morgan gone, right? Yeah, only one left. I, I think she's gone. They put into that whole like her naked in the bathtub thing, and she came out for like a couple weeks, and then I think they just totally ruined that with that storyline with Lana, and then they re- repaired her with Ruby Riot. I'm like. All right, just I guess she's gone. I think Cedric Alexander, really, Shelton Benjamin, both of them, not one of them, both of them. I think both of them. I think, could Cedric, be gone. I think Cedric Alexander will be a big, uh, big loss because I think he has he has the potential, but again, I guess he's underutilized. I'm trying to think who who's got uh, who's got a big contract too. I think you're going to see actually a lot of NXT UK. I heard, I heard that was on the block actually. Really? Yeah. I think you you the whole the whole thing or just not people? not the whole thing necessarily, but I'm trying to think. I, you know what, dude? Who knows? I mean, th- at this point, it's a guessing game. I would have never said Braun Strowman. Never. I would have never said Lana. I would never guess those two. Aleister Black. I mean, I was actually, for a bit, I th- I thought he would be released. I was actually shocked to see him getting, like, these vignettes for him to come back. And, yeah, I think. I mean, it was just reported a few weeks ago that Selena Vega might be coming back. Yeah. One's got to think that's not happening anymore. I saw him tonight on SmackDown, and his name popped in my head, Otis. I, got, I wouldn't be surprised if they get rid of Otis. Because it seemed like they just dropped the ball with him, too. Who the fuck knows anymore, bro? At this point, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they freaking if they dropped Drew McIntyre. I have no idea. I have no idea what they're doing anymore. 
And I think that's going to lead to your next story right now. Junior Mulhall. So as we just mentioned, six people were released this week, freeing up millions, millions of dollars. Many are in the belief that President Nick Khan is positioning the company for a sale. Because, you know, uh, talked about, I think, last week, W also fired 60 people over the last week mm-hmm. that were deemed redundancies as they merged multiple departments into one new WWE media division overseen by Kevin Dunn. Now, let's see what happens, Marcus, but they're doing a lot of things the companies do prior to going on the market. Yeah. We will see what they decide to do, but someone said the writing's on the wall that he's putting the company on the market. A lot of people are saying that. People inside the business, people out that just know business in general, uh, fan speculation. There's a lot of speculation. And by the way, this was being talked about before the pandemic. Remember that? Yeah. You know, that there were rumblings about, hey, this might be a thing. The pandemic happened and those rumors kind of went away for a bit, but it just went underneath the carpet, it seemed like. Do you think Vince will ever sell? Yes. And who do you think will buy them? Who has the pockets to buy this? Let's see, man. Uh, you know, obviously, the the relationship that makes the most sense right now is, is NBC. NBC Universal, yeah, that's what I thought, too. Th- that makes the most sense right now. Uh, I hope that's not the case. Why? I feel like NBC is very hit or miss with with uh, with their content, with their product. So I, I don't necessarily foresee that being such a good move for WWE or for wrestling in general. I feel like, honestly, this, I feel like we have to really pay attention to this because WWE is so big right now. It's just so big in general. And yes, you have AEW and Rise, you have Impact and Rise, but this is a trickle-down effect. It, whatever company that buys that WWE, if it fails, I think all of wrestling is going to suffer for that. Absolutely. I think all of wrestling will fail, too. It, yeah. Again, I mentioned it numerous times in the past year. If WWE decided to fold up shop and not power through the pandemic, everybody else would have shoulder shop. Yeah. No matter what you think about the WWE, no matter if you hate them, you're a big AEW fan and like shit on WWE, AEW followed what WWE did. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're right. If they fail here, I don't. But like, why? What's the point of selling? Like, you this know, is a, ooh, this, ooh, this, ooh. this is a family owned business. This man. Inherited from his father and his grandfather before him. It's just like, build it from the ground up. You build it local territories into this worldwide phenomenon. You have a family invested in it. You have a solid corporate structure. You have your uh, board of directors and everything. It's a big, you went public. Why sell it? You don't need the money. That was one of the worst moves when they went public, actually. You don't need the money. Like, why... And Vince doesn't seem like he likes taking orders from other people. He likes to he's control. Well, he he's not going to be he's not going to be involved anymore. He'd he'd retire. He'd probably they probably keep Triple H and Stephanie McMahon in in whatever. But is, it, to, is, to, slap, is that a slap in the face to them? Then I mean, I mean they'll get some money as being stock owners, but I mean they would get a lot of money. I just don't see but, why sell. Why sell? You just made billions of dollars with Peacock, billions of dollars with Fox. You don't need the money. You can't forget the Saudi deal. Truth. And that could be, by the way, that's another person to watch out for. He wants oh, to Prince? buy WWE. I just don't understand why sell. But I also heard when we talked, you mentioned it, this has been, a, it's not a new news story. This is getting momentum this past couple of days. But I heard uh, another big name was Disney. Disney would be the best move. But I think Disney owns like ESPN, ABC, mm-hmm. ESPN Plus lost out on the bid for their contract, uh, the network. It's now on Peacock. I don't think a Disney company would buy something that's on peacock unless it's all about business and dollars i mean you, you never know man like disney uh, for me i i think would be the best move 
and, and I think they would Why? really treat WWE well because the, Disney has w- love them or hate them. You have to recognize the fact that they have a fantastic business structure. They understand the game. They they know how to to get the best bang for the buck. Look what they do. Look, look what they did with Marvel, Star Wars, Star Wars. You know, uh, they know what they're doing. They know how to put the right people in play, or or just let the people that are in charge do their thing. But but yeah, it's still at the same time have the Disney name and the resources to back them up. So I think Disney would be the best choice for WWE and all of wrestling. Just random stupid question. I have ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. I watch it twice. Right. I don't think a lot of people watch ESPN Plus. Maybe for the UFC. Maybe. So, if Disney buys WWE, will they put it on ESPN Plus or add a new character to Disney Plus? Because Disney Plus is more popular and more lucrative. That's a great question. Or do they do they do their own thing with WWE? Do they, I don't think they will. I mean, like, there's there's different ways they can go here with that. I think it really depends, like, what they think is the most lucrative for them and for WWE. Disney's smart, man. They know what they're doing. NBC, not to crush them or anything like that. Very, very hit or miss, dude. Very, very hit or miss. And from what I'm seeing right now, from how they're dealing with wrestling, I feel like they don't have a fucking clue yet. Unfortunately. We'll keep an eye on this. We'll move on. Now, the news, Vince McMahon has required some superstars to get extra workouts. This is likely in preparation for the company's big return to the road in July. According to a report from PW Insider, W has informed members of the roster at Raw this week that they are expected to report to the WWE Performance Center over the next few weeks to do in-ring workouts. They're about to put superstars back on the road. Some members of the roster have not even been on the road. There's a lot of call-ups in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. So I think they're trying to prepare them for the crazy travel schedule ahead of them right but you know other side of the coin here those who live outside orlando you know are not happy about this because that interrupts their life they got a lot of family kids you know their own life they've been cultivating for the last year and a half the big name superstars however you know the top tier main event players this is more optional for them hmm now what's your take on this additional trick because we talked about a couple months ago the big guys need more training right but now this seems to be more training to either get the rust off their system or the new guys training to be on the road how do you feel about this new training edict from Vince McMahon? I, listen, man, like, you're going back in the road. Fans, they're going to be rowdy. Like, yeah, a little bit. You know, we, we saw AEW down in my, uh, no, AWW or nothing, excuse me. Like, that was a hot, hot crowd. You know, so you got to expect, like, you know, there's excitement of, like, you know, coming back to normal. There's excitement of this is the first probably major event coming back. Uh, I, I'm talking about as a fan. And it, and it's for excitement of, of seeing wrestling, so they're going to let you know how they feel. See, so you want to make sure like you have the best product possible. I'm talking from now. I'm talking from WWE standpoint. Fuck your feelings. Sorry for for a wrestler if they feeling a certain way, but like, sorry, this is business. So you're in favor of this? I'm right. I'm totally in favor of this. Are are you? I'm not sure. It just seems weird to force them, quote unquote, force them to do. More training, but then I heard it's just to prepare them for the road. I can't imagine these guys who have not been on the road yet. I think honestly, you should always be training in some shape or form. ABT. No, no matter no matter what level you're at. Listen, man, I I think I've talked to you about it before, but I heard an incredible story about Julia Roberts, right? Academy Award winning actress, one of the first actresses to break the twenty million dollar mark, and she always walks around with a notebook because she's always learning. Respect. 
Julia fucking Roberts. You mean tell me like you're going to get to some of these guys who are not really on TV or not really on the road? They're gonna they're gonna frown on training. What are Allen Iverson practice? You gonna find me for missing practice? Come on, man. What are we talking about here? If if listen, if you're frowning about that, then get the fuck out and re-sign one of the people that you released. How about that? Going out on a limb here, saying you've been drinking. You've been drinking tonight. I've been drinking. I love, I love, I love, this, I love this passionate mark. It, it, it pissed me off. Like that attitude where people like really go, like, oh, blah, 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 blah. shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You, there are millions, no, maybe not millions, but there are so many people that have sacrificed everything they do in, in that ring that have never gotten a shot at WWE. You're signed and you're frowned about practicing, honing your craft. You don't deserve it. I can name plenty of people that deserve it. People I know. Shut the fuck up. Practice. Go frown about that. Sorry. Now I'm, I'm heated about that. I've many conversations with Green Man, and he loves when I go off on a rant about something. Now we know how he feels. <laughs> Very impassioned, Mark. Good job. I was going to edit this part out, but now I'm, now I'm keeping it in. <laughs> You're welcome. Finally, another news. The partnership between AEW and Impact Wrestling has truly opened the doors for a variety of dream matches, Marcus. You know, a lot of champions versus champions matches, maybe. Mm-hmm. Britt Baker has shown interest in facing off with a wrestler. She took to Twitter and shared a fan art of herself holding her championship next to Impact Knockout Champion Deanna Perrazzo. Yes, yes, yes. Now, many fans, of course, as Marcus just said, were certainly elated by the idea of these two squaring off. Many would call this, I guess, the most dreamiest of dream matches. Uh, yeah. I mean, because both of them have proven themselves. Yeah. Deanna Perrazzo won not only Woman of the Year, but Superstar of the Year in Impact. We give her many awards in our uh, annual Putty Awards. Do you want to see Deanna Perrazzo versus Britt Baker in a champion versus champion match? I think I know the answer to that. But who do you want to see win? Oh, man. Here's my thinking about this. Okay. Britt Baker. Not only the face of the women's division, but the face of AEW, as we said numerous times. But at the same time, we've all said the same thing about Deanna Perrazzo for Impact. But at the same time, you also said the same thing about Deanna Perrazzo for Impact. However, like, the momentum... Burt Baker. ...is behind Burt Baker. Oh, 1,000%. However, again, the current reigning defending Impact champion is an AEW superstar. I feel like to counterbalance that, the current reigning defending AEW women's champion should be an Impact superstar. Wait. I, I, I cannot imagine Impact Wrestling's two biggest championships... Going around the waist of two non-contract performers. Mm, that's a solid point. That's a solid point. Like, oh man, as much as I want to see Britt Baker win, like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Like, how can you have two of your biggest champions championships at another promotion? Right. You can't. So I'm thinking maybe unless like, Kenny Omega drops it to Moose, that's not happening. So as much as I want to see this match, I don't think you can have it anytime soon. Maybe in the winter, or or maybe Deanna Perazzo does win it. That kill, doesn't that kill Britt Baker's momentum then? But, uh, you know, again, how soon are we talking about this? Is it later on in the year? Is it over the summer? I, saying, I think it has to be, it, it, to be over the like, you, winter, maybe the holiday season. Not even. I wouldn't even go that far. Like, you could have Britt Baker have, like, some solid title defenses along the way. And, you know, by August or September, you know, ha- have her face Deanna Parazzo and Deanna Parazzo wins. Now you be, could do that. Also, you know, we talked a lot throughout the show's history. There's a championship make the person or the person make the championship I guess I don't think Britt Baker needs the championship no I think, I think if she loses it 
she'll still have the momentum. She'll still have the crowd behind her, and I think that might help the storyline actually in a certain way. It also depends how she loses. Truth, another fact. You know, does she absolutely get buried? I doubt it. But uh, yes, I would love to see this match. I didn't even think about this match until I saw this story. I'm like, yes, please book this. Take my money now. Like even with uh, how Britt Baker beat Hikaru Shida, I mean, Shida still looks strong. Yeah, true. Like, I feel like it doesn't really take away so much momentum from Shida. I mean, Britt Baker. I mean, she's just an unstoppable force with her momentum. Yeah, it really. It was inevitable for this to happen. But I just feel like the way on the totem pole right now, AEW is higher than Impact for sure. And I feel like the executives would would fold and say, "Yeah, okay, take our belt," just so we get the rub. I'm like, please, just. Hold your ground here. I mean, I hate to say it, but I think it is close, but I think Britt Baker is slightly more marketable than Deanna Perazzo. Very close, but okay. I'll give you that right now. Yeah. I, I think for one of the reasons, just seeing for what you just said right there, AEW is a, a bigger brand on a bigger network. But Deanna Perazzo is, is up there, man. I, I still stand behind what I say. I mean, she's the face of Impact. She is so damn good. I feel like this could be a match of the year candidate right here if this match were to go down. Oh, easily. And I, I'm, I'm not going to cry for whoever loses. I, I, I'd be stoked. I feel like the fans win no matter what in this. Absolutely. But I feel like you balance it out, give it to Diana. Uh, Marcus, are you ready to uh, get into some TV takedown this week? Yeah, and I have a surprise for you for that, my man. Oh, man, I love surprises. It's time for this week's TV takedown. So I've been thinking, man, I, I told you a couple weeks ago, my Xbox, the power brick, died on me two years ago. How to get another one? That other one made a little bit of noise. Mm-hmm. And uh, like a, a month ago, the noise got a little louder, more annoying, and kind of pitchy, mm. dog. So I'm laying in bed one morning. All of a sudden, it goes off like a fire, like a, a smoke alarm. What the fuck is this? The power brick to my Xbox. Oh, wow. So fuck this, man. I bought it on Amazon. It came in like a, a brown cardboard box. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe it was refurbished. Maybe it was a knockoff. So I go to GameStop and I buy one, an actual Xbox one. It's just a fan in that brick because they're making so much noise. Like I have to unplug it when we do this show because it makes so much noise. Wow. So I know I told you the story and I'm just, from the, you know I'm going through a lot the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. From the bottom of my heart, I think, I know this surprises. I think you bought me a new Xbox and I am like truly touched that you would do that for me. I know you know, you had a hard time last year with financially, but the fact that you would do this to make me so happy is just truly, I um, mean, a heartfelt man-to-man, brother-to-brother. I mean, honest moment here on the show. You know, it's truly an honor that you would think of me like that. Yeah, putty. I, and I, uh, uh, I just, okay. I, is it, I might be seeing your car. I just, so, I'm so excited. Like, I cannot wait because this noise is killing me. I just bought a new game that's compatible with the new Xbox Series 1. Oh, God. This Series is X. Series X. This is really um, I just, I mean, it just means the world to me, man. I just really appreciate you. You're such a good friend. And almost like family, me familia. And I just, uh, I'm well, getting a little up thinking about it. Putty, I got... I, 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 I'm I, trying to think of here. What else could it be? It, it, I told you about my problem with the Xbox. And this is the only <laughs> thing I could think of. I don't, I, I don't, I don't recall it, you telling me about this problem with the Xbox. Okay, what's the face for? Well, because... <laughs> I, I, I do. It's not that. It's not an Xbox. I'm just going to flat out tell you, it's, it's not an Xbox. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, wow. I didn't mean to get your hopes up. I, I, I hope this will actually make you feel better. I, what it is, what I want to lead into here, we're going to talk about AEW Double or Nothing. I actually have someone that was there for the show that was there live. Really? Yeah. Okay. You got Leo Rush? No. I, wow. I, okay. Leo. No, that, I, don't, I don't have Leo Rush. 
Evan, you there, Ben? I am here. What is up, putty? This is my AEW correspondent down there in Florida, keeping it real as always. He was at Double or Nothing. Evan, we got to hear. We're talking about AEW Double or Nothing. It's our it's our TV takedown for it. Tell us, man, what was it like being over there? I was there. It was I, it was amazing. I got to say, you know, it. Um, I had been at a show a couple months ago, so it was like. You know, at that point, it was it was potted out, and nobody was you couldn't sit and you couldn't sit very close to anybody. And you know, it's like you screen something, screen something, and the wrestlers could literally hear you, nice. but not on not on Sunday night. It was the crowd was fire, man. I'm telling you, it was pretty amazing. Dude, um, I have to say, watching that in, thing, it, it seemed like it was like a Chicago crowd. You know, for for like it was like it, Money it, in the Bank style. I had I had some friends there who have who have um, gone to some of the AEW shows in Chicago, and they said that this was the best experience that they've had. Obviously, up there, if not surpassing the Chicago crowd, it was it was it was lit though. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Daly's place, but it's it's an outdoor amphitheater that I think it's about five thousand max. But um, there's no bad seat in the arena, so I mean everybody who was there was probably having a great time. You know, some of these bigger arenas you go to, it's like, you know, you can barely see, but like this is this is a place where literally every seat is fantastic. So yeah, you, you could tell on TV, everybody was just having a blast. Everybody was happy to be out of their houses, you know? Yeah, man, you sent me a picture of uh, where you were sitting, man. It, it seemed like you had a really dope spot. And from the sounds of it, it sounds like really, like you said, just no bad seat in the house, which is great. Obviously, you know, it seems like it was a lot of people, maybe it was like the first time at like a, a huge event like this, too. So you felt energy for just for AEW. It was it was a jam-packed card and also just energy for just for being out and being normal again, I guess. Right. Absolutely. I mean, just it, it, and it was kind of strange in a way, you know, we're just like online getting into the venue or, or you know, getting some food before getting drinks. It's like you have to wait on lines again, you know, yeah, sure. Um <laughs> But at the same time, it's like a welcome feeling. It's like great to be back in the presence of people. And, and to be honest, I think, you know, it's like people miss concerts and, and, and sporting events. And, you know, I think quite honestly, above all uh, other like live sports like that, I think the crowd at a wrestling event really is a character uh, more so than, a, you know, like a hockey game or something. And I think for, you know, a year now, you know, the, the promoters of shows have been able to literally tell the exact story that they want you to know or, or that they want to tell and push who they want to push. True. But now we're back to being able to tell who the fans actually want to see. Yeah. You and know, that was it, really, it, that was really interesting to, to, to hear. You know, it, it's funny you say that. It's so true because someone recently asked uh, about, you know, Drew McIntyre, how is he as a face of Raw? And it just, you know, I say it's just so hard to gauge that right now because of the fact, like, I personally feel like he's getting stale. Uh, but that's, it's not really fair, though, at the same time because it, it's he's not working on a live crowd. He never really had a chance to do that as a face of Raw. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when they start hitting the road again. And that's where you'll be able to really tell. Is he really the face of Raw, or is he is he actually really stale? But Evan, I have to ask you, man. You know, you were there. We, you, you know, we saw the show on, on TV and some stuff online as well. But like, listen, dude, what stole the show for you and for the crowd? Like, you know, what what was that big moment for you? If you had to choose just one, 
Mm, I, you know, there were there were definitely like three or four really noticeable huge pops, and from from what I hear, one of them happened while I was I was actually in the bathroom. No way, that uh, sucks. But, yeah, but, yeah. When when Sting jumped off the uh, the chips, I was I was uh, I was in the bathroom, so I missed that. Um, but I was quite honestly, I was expecting it not to be a match that anyone was really going to care about because of Sting's age, and they hadn't let him do a whole lot. Right. Um, but that match turned out to be a highlight of the night. I wouldn't say it was the highlight. I, I honestly, looking back on it, you know, the, the triple threat to the championship was really, really great. You know, they got you to a place where you actually thought that either Orange or, or Pac could win, which is, you know, when you go into it, you know there's no chance of it happening, but they, they got you to feel that way. Right. Quite honestly, for me, I think the biggest pop or was, um, you know, I was most, I was most looking forward to the Britt Baker match, but I think that was just kind of a foregone conclusion. Yeah. But the biggest pop for me, because it was so surprising, was, was and the crowd, it was definitely, everybody was into it, was when Jungle Boy won the, uh, the uh, Battle Royale. Yeah, I definitely did not expect that one either. I thought n- nobody saw that coming. And, and, and again, what we were talking about before with, uh, you know, <laughs> the crowd determining who they're rooting for, you know, AEW is trying to tell you that, you know, Christian Cage is going to be the next person to take on Kenny Omega, maybe. The crowd, once it was down to the two of them, the crowd wanted nothing to do with Christian Cage winning that match. Which is crazy because, like you know, I feel like Christian Cage is, is loved generally in the in the wrestling community, uh, especially in the locker room. I feel like maybe more so in the locker rooms than maybe with the uh, IWC. But yeah, no, they definitely clearly hear loudest day that you know the fans won a Jungle Boy, and uh, that's what they're getting. Yeah, I think I you know that was one of those matches everyone thought Christian was going to win. And then as the match went on, I mean, it was really it was cool to see like the Christian and Matt Hardy moment. Um, but when it got down to the two of them, the, the crowd clearly won. If they, if Christian Cage had won that match, the crowd would have turned him heel. And quite mm-hmm. honestly, I, I'm look I'm looking at it now, and it's like where <clears throat> you know now they're teaming up Christian Cage and Jungle Boy tonight. But it's like it, it feels to me like they almost are getting really close to the point where they almost have to turn Christian heel because he just. I don't think they, you know, he's he's older. It's like he, his job is to get over, you know, and he did his job. So to his credit, you know, he put over Jungle Boy, and that's what his job should be. I mean, I want, you know, so I feel like heel or face, no matter what. The, I mean, that that job would still be done. I mean, hey, listen, I mean, Christian, we've seen Christian as heel before, and he's done a fantastic job with like the whole one more t- uh, one more match gimmick. Uh, when he was feuding with Randy Orton, so that would be cool to see him do that, or uh, you know, a new variation of that in AEW. But uh, yeah, man, going to your point, uh, as far as like the, the the pops throughout the night, especially with the, the triple threat. Yeah, going in, Omega was a huge favorite, but the combination between those three guys was fantastic. Uh, for me, actually, I I think the the match tonight for me, uh, I was personally invested into this all the way through. I think surprise, surprise for you, buddy. It's Britt Baker uh, versus uh, uh, Sheeta. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and I because you know for so long I just wanted to see that happen. Britt Baker has been on the rise, and I feel like it was a good solid match physically. You know, it was it was it wasn't like anything like they had a great chemistry. It just felt like a fight mm-hmm. that match. Yeah, definitely. Which I which I really appreciated actually, and uh, huge pop. It was, it was awesome to hear the pop for Britt Baker all throughout the match. Now, 
No, I thought I thought it was an awesome I thought it was an awesome moment that uh, Shivani uh, went out and hugged her at the end. Yo, love that moment, um, bro. I just, loved it. Yeah, I know. I with the two things about that match. First one was at that point the people in front of us turned around and kind of like gave it to us about you know chatting and 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 you know doing what people are supposed to do at at wrestling shows. Really, like That's I was weird. kind of annoyed during that match because of that. You know, apparently they came to watch like Jeff. And I came to watch wrestling. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's weird. But beyond that, I kind of just felt like it could have been a little bit shorter of a match and more, you know, high high energy for a shorter period of time because they went like 17 minutes and like no, I mean, I, there were people in the crowd, you know, giving you know Sheeta the you know kind of the thank you for getting us through the pandemic and being a champion in a tough time. But it but, was kind of but that a fantastic, shit, where, fantastic job for her as champion throughout for yeah, the year. Fantastic but job. But it was just one of those matches where you were just watching it to figure out, like you knew where they had where they were going to go and how are they going to get there. So I don't, I just didn't think that they needed 17 minutes to do that. It could have been like you know, I, I you got, know, it could. I hear what you're saying. It could have been a solid. It could have been a solid 10 minute match, in my opinion. That could have been a little bit more. You know, it just didn't need to be dragged out. Everybody knew what the ending was going to be. So, like, but at the same time, it, you, then... you you felt you you felt the passion, you felt the you felt the energy between both women leading up to this moment. And I, I'm actually glad that they got the time to to do that. Uh, I thought it was actually pretty good pacing, and especially at the end with the crescendo there. Like, you know, at one point, actually, you know, I felt like going into Britt Baker it was like inevitable that she was going to win. But you know, towards the end, I was like, is she going to win? Especially when Rebel hit her with the crutch, I was like, "Oh shit, she's gonna get screwed over here." You know, like th- there are certain moments in there towards the end where I was like, "Oh man, she might pull this one off," uh, but you know, it was that, that's why for me it, it was great to see Britt Baker get what she's rightfully deserved, in my opinion. Because damn man, I feel like this girl is the face of AEW right now. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, she was kind of the chosen one from day one, but she didn't really live up to it in the ring. But uh, you know, to her credit. She's gotten so much better, so much better, and in in every aspect. And you know, she's I, I I quite on it was the match I was looking forward to going into it. Did it end up being my favorite match of the night? No, but that's okay. Right. I mean, there was a lot of great moments throughout. The problem was the whole night was so great that there were so many great moments. You know, it's like and moments you didn't expect. Like quite honestly, the the dark match, or I I think it was dark, the pre-show between. Riho and uh, uh, Deep. Actually, I did not. I did not watch was, that one. Actually, that was the first. That was that was unbelievable match. Quite honestly, I think that was a better match. If you guys didn't see it, go back and watch it. I think it was a better match, uh, better storytelling than the Baker Sheeta match. Fascinating. It just didn't have the. It just didn't have the hype for it. But the crowd was super into it. There were a lot of false finishes to start the show off. You know, I felt like the crowd was probably about sixty forty on Riho's side, which which I don't understand. I'm not I'm not a big fan of Riho, <laughs> but um, but crowd crowd was that that was a great match. If you didn't get a chance to, to catch that on the pre-show, uh, I highly recommend it. It was great. great I'll definitely match. check that out. Hey man, before we let you go, actually, I I am curious one more thing. How, how did it play with the, the Stampede match? Um, I mean, I I enjoyed it. I mean, you kind of knew that the, that it was going to go down that way. And I kind of felt like there's no way that they're, it's going to have to finish in the ring. Right. So I knew that they were going to come back out of somewhere. And interestingly enough, we were kind of the last row of the mezzanine section. And that's right where Jericho and MJF came in at the end. So Mm. like, 
we just like turned the back row and we were able to like kind of get up and go into the into the concourse and like kind of see them wrestling each other down into that section of the fan, of the uh, of the audience. Cool. So that was kind of an interesting. That was kind of a very unique experience um, being that close to them um, at that moment. Um, and it was pretty cool because, you know, you just kind of you're sitting there watching it on TV, but it was a lot of comedy and, you know, crowd was laughing. Um, but yeah, when they came back into the when they came back into the arena, it was right by. it, So that was that was pretty cool. All right. No, I mean, that's cool to hear because, like, you know, I was I was curious really how this was going to go because he knew there was going to be a live crowd there. But at the same time, they're still kind of doing their cinematic things, kind of, because, you know, especially in today's age, like, you know, we we lose our attention span pretty fast, <laughs> especially live crowd. It's one yeah. thing to, for it to play on TV, but for a live crowd, it's completely different. So uh, glad they were able to like, kind of you know find that fine line, if you will, uh, to make it work. Yep, and over. I mean, overall, you know, they filled in. You know, they, they, they love their Jaguars here. I mean, I'm an I'm a New York import, so you know they're not my team, but like I've. I, I have a soft spot for them and they, they, they kind of, obviously it's their stadium and they made so many references to the team. I think that kind of kept, kept the, the, oh, uh, the crowd really into it as well. Next time Evan um, comes up here, he's going to be wearing a Trevor Lawrence jersey, man. I feel already. It's, no, 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 no. I mean, like, you know, all the people there were nuts that Urban Meyer was on there. And like, I was kind of like, uh, okay. Like it was Tom Coffin. Right, Urban Meyer. More, but you know, like, <laughs> That's but whole, uh, no, over, I'll tell you, overall, overall, it was it was awesome, start to finish. There was maybe two matches that kind of gave the crowd a breather. You know, the Cody match was kind of a, eh. and then I think uh, Lance Archer kind of that botch in the beginning of the of the match really kind of just let the you know that 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 match just went off the rails after that. Right. Um, and I, but at the same time, you need those breather matches to let the crowd relax, and it worked out well because beyond that, the crowd was for every single match. It, it was an exhausting show to be at, but it was so fun. Now, I'll never forget, like, you know, um, you know, I worked the indie scene, and I remember a promoter, like, talking to me about, like, you know, the, the art behind putting together a card for, like, these very reasons, for, like, you know, for, to make sure for, like, the high, the crowd, to give them breaks at certain points, if you will, no disrespect to the talent that's performing those matches, but, like, you know, th- there's a reason why they put matches where they are in the card. It, it, it's all for the fans, and uh, it, they try to manipulate, if you will, uh, that, that that type of reactions that they want to get uh, based on where they're putting certain matches on there. So it, it, it's everything they do for is for a reason. It's fascinating, man. One last thing, Putty. I don't know if you want to ask. We we talked about this, uh, and this I swear, Evan, it's the last thing. We'll let you go so you can watch AEW because we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw next. Your favorite subject. <laughs> oh, thank God you're, you're cutting me off before before that discussion. But uh, we understand, like, you know, you did go to another AEW show beforehand. It was Dynamite. You were in a pod, as you mentioned. You were on a date. So we have to ask. Uh, ironically, I went to I went to this show with the same girl. Did you? Okay. She's now nice. Dating, she's, but she's, she's now dating somebody else who was bartending right oh. behind us. So we had we had drinks all night. Oh, I mean, um, that, that's that, that works. So I guess the date didn't go well. I mean, I, I guess I mean, it, it didn't go well, well but she's not. Like my, she, no, she, she's like my wrestling. She's like the only person down here who, who like, is down with wrestling. She's like a like, huge thing mark. So, but she's like the only person who'll come to shows with me. So, yeah, the first the first time we went, we were on a date. It was kind of, you know, I, whatever. You know, you don't 
they don't know, you know, it's not like was not love at first sight or anything like that or love at first date or when everything like that. But she's uh she's part of our crew that we all hang out with down here. So we I, went and had a good time and then you know, we're friends, so just keep going keep going to wrestling shows. But you know, was, I think that's even better. Awesome. It was great to be with her, so that's even better. That that's that's my type of love story right there. Not necessarily end it like romantically, but to end you know, with a platonic good friendship right there to you go to go to shows with. Because I know you're the new guy down there. So it's it's not necessarily easy, especially like as you get older, to meet new friends in a new town. So that's fucking awesome, bro. Cheers. Yeah, man. It's got to find got like trying to find people to play. I mean, down here it should be easy to find people to play golf with, but uh, it's like hard. It's just as hard to find people to, to go to wrestling with. Not everybody's a wrestling fan, you know. In Florida, uh, that's weird. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Florida's know, like the I mean, mecca yeah. for wrestling. Anywhere, anywhere. It's like, hey, you want to go to a wrestling match? Like wrestling, really? It was like, yeah, man. Oh God! No different than watching a, a movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, go watch it, Trevor that's, Lawrence. That's, that, that's another discussion for another night. Another one. Well, Evan, listen, dude, I appreciate you for coming on, especially so last minute. I uh, wanted to hear your thoughts, Double or Nothing. You are the man, bro. Uh, we're going to keep you going as our AEW correspondent down there, because it sounds like you're going to have some more shows to go to. Well, now that they're going on tour, I don't, I don't know if they'll be here as much. But obviously, it's their. Uh, Evan, stop making excuses. Go on the road with him, man. So they'll be here. <laughs> Well, if he's our correspondent, uh, for me, guys. then you have to pay for him his ticket and stuff, right? We'll talk about that later off uh, the air. Now we change the subject. Okay. Now, now we're talking off the air. <laughs> well, Evan, thank you once again, bro. And, dude, we'll be in touch. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. So, Putty, what, what do you think of that surprise, man? I, I told you it was going to be good. It was pretty cool. It was pretty right? cool. Right? <laughs> okay. All right. Not a, not a fucking Xbox, but a person live on the one of the biggest pay-per-views in AEW history. One of the first pay-per-views, maybe wrestling events, with a full-packed crowd. For sure. That was cool. Special, it might go down as the biggest show for 2021. TBD, yeah. we'll, see, we'll see what WWE, uh, what WWE does. But huge props to Evan yeah, for, for coming on, especially the last minute. I hit him up. I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this uh, as a surprise here. That was his first time on the show, man. So, As you said, maybe first of many. Hopefully first of many, dude. He's he's he just recently moved out of Jacksonville, so. Hey, man, girls suck. It sounds like he's got Love a good thing, sucks, though. Man. He sounds like he's, he wasn't disappointed. No, no, yeah, yeah. He got the, he got the better end of the deal, but like when you told me a couple weeks ago, your boy is in AEW right now on a date. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the? Why? Why can't I find a girl like this? <laughs> but it's a nice friendship. Yeah, free drinks at a bar, right? All right, dude. Not for not for nothing. One of my best friends is a girl, right? Yeah, mine like, too. Yeah. We, known her since high school she was actually in the, in the wedding party uh oh i wouldn't know i was invited oh wow okay we're going there tv takedown <laughs> but but uh thank you evan again probably f- maybe like, i think you said it during the call maybe your official aw correspondent well as, brought, long as, he, as long as your checkbook goes out he did bring up a good point <laughs> aw's going back on the road so <laughs> isn't that our fucking lock man we get an aw correspondent just when they're going on the road <laughs> yeah now, now he wants now he wants money Evan, you greedy bastard! You got a, you got a new business now. Don't you have extra income coming in? It just started. Although I did did pick up another client today. Thank you very much. Local media going strong. But overall, I think uh, it was a good pay per view. No, very probably very one of solid. their best I've seen. I haven't seen too many of them, but probably one of the best I've seen. I feel like the fan, fans really make it, dude. They really do. Yeah, it's just uh, it, it it was so special to see, and I I, I really hope. The WWE crowd brings it because sometimes. Do you remember, like sometimes, like they go on a road somewhere to like say like 
randomly, like say like Kansas City, not to knock in Kansas City, but like and a crowd would be dead. Missouri or uh, Missouri or Kansas? Because there's two Kansas cities. I know there are two Kansas cities. I forget which one they wound up at. Which, one, which one's cool and which one sucks? Yeah, I get confused too. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, how many times would you hear that and the crowd be like crickets, like nothing. Crickets. Right, oh. it's like, dude, are, are they in Japan right yeah. now? Is this supposed to be a respectful thing they think? But then you go somewhere like Chicago, and it, it's turned all the way up. Yep, Th- that's what I want. Give me that. Give me the rowdiness. Speaking of things I want, let's get into your TV takedown this week for sure, bro. So, yo, honestly, I have a few things written down, but the one thing that really stood out to me, man, the one I thing think, that really crushed it. I think there's only one thing we could talk about. So I'm curious what you picked. I'm, I'm going with the Iron Man match and Impact. Josh Alexander and TJP. That is the correct answer, by the way. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Might be match of the year. Definitely on my list. Like, I, I was surprised. And I, I have to say, no disrespect to either guy, I, I am not a major fan of, of either one of them. Not not to say, like, you know, like, I think they suck or anything like that. I, I don't think they suck at all. It's just like, I'm not, like, so over in a character. Like, yeah, Josh Alexander, Josh Alexander or yeah, TJP. But holy fuck, maybe I might be after this. That was that was amazing. I feel the same way. I think I mentioned maybe, maybe I mentioned it a couple months ago on the show. But like Josh Alexander and the North, mm. great tag team. Ethan Page were a great tag team, and I loved watching their matches. TJP, not a big fan of. Don't really care about him. Not invested in him at all. But his matches are phenomenal. He's a great wrestler. So like sometimes I'll maybe I'll fast forward it. But lately I just kind of stick with these matches because. They're fun to watch. They are a lot of fun to watch. So same thing. I'm not, not. I don't care about these guys too much, but I know that they deliver. They do. So when I heard there's gonna be a 60 minute Iron Man match, and I watch and they kick off the show. I watch BTI every week. Okay, because I'm an Impact Mark, I guess. Yeah, you are. And most of the time, I fast forward it because it's just recaps of what happened last week. Mm-hmm. There's a couple. They did two or three segments, but most of the time it's just fast forward material. I, I saw this last week. Why am I watching this again? But when I heard this, I thought this was a smart move. To incorporate your pre-show, you save time on your main show, and this will probably be the most highest ratings you'll get for BTI. Oh, oh, for sure. I, I really think that Impact is especially amazing from start to finish. I feel like that, that Iron Man match really set the tone. Uh, the tag team match with the knockouts was great. Uh, the the match between Moose and, and Sam Callahan, good job. Even Jack something versus uh, Jake. Jake something, excuse me, versus uh, Rohit. Solid tables match. Uh, there, there was a lot going on here in this show. Great to see uh, Josh Matthews back in commentary, uh, even if it's just a one-off right now. So like, overall, like, it was exciting. It was probably one of the most exciting shows this week. Rohit Raju versus Jake Something in a tables match. I would not want to be them. No. Because they were the match after the Iron Man match. Still delivered. That is a tough task. Oh, my God. For but sure. they knocked it out of the park. And it's, uh, I think I mentioned it also in a previous episode, how I, I was enjoying Rohit Raju. As a yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you said that. Mm-hmm. And now it's great to see him being booked as a more serious act, not a comedy like comedy act. He's being booked kind of more seriously now. I was actually, I was actually surprised. Uh, surprised to see him like, deliver. Yeah. Because I, I really thought initially going into this, this might be somewhat of a squash match. But... No, I mean, he had a lot of offense in it. If he was, really he was match, the yeah. aggressor. Again, it's one of those, I, I compliment NXT week in and week out because NXT from start to finish always delivers. There might be a couple of dips, but usually it's a great show. When they hit, they really hit. And impact this week is always good, but this from beginning to end, 
There was no misses in this episode. One of the best impact episodes I've seen in a long time. Solid from beginning to end. And you know, I have to give it to commentary once again for them. You know, I I, I like I, I like how like you know when, when Josh Matthews at the end of the show when when Kenny Omega interfered when he brought up like Chris Jericho says this is the best wrestler yeah. in the world. Like to to, to to bring up like you know real life shit from like outside of the company to bring up real life shit like from interviews and whatnot. And, and like I feel like WWE really treats it like they have their own bubble, like nothing outside of it exists. Their own universe, universe dare I say? Yeah. <laughs> but like, props, man. I, I I think that that adds another layer to it when you do something like that. Also, props to Josh Matthews being thrown into commentary with D'Lo Brown, someone who's not done commentary before. No, and it just again seems flawless. It seemed really flawless, and I think that that's that might be kudos to Josh Matthews oh, and how good he is. I've been saying his praises for a while. I think he's probably one of the best commentators I've seen. I've been saying that numerous times on the show. And I was kind of sad to see him go because Matt Stryker is good. I like Matt Stryker but it's, a lot. It's also actually. A, he has a different, very very different, different style. Very different style. What I do appreciate though is it's unique. You don't see yeah. it in any other promotion, really. What I, like, what I love about him is that he he he'll mention, he'll pull a name out of your hat. Mm-hmm. Josh Alexander being trained by this guy, who was trained by this guy in Japan, but like, he just knows his history so well. Uh, totally, but uh, totally. Uh, props to Josh Matthews for doing a seamless job being thrown in there because he couldn't make this taping. So we'll have Josh Matthews and Dio Brown for the next couple of weeks. I also like the uh, the bringbacks when he was talking about Kira Hogan being like the most uh, probably one of the the most improved talents in Impact. He's good. In their He's match. Really good, yeah. But then towards the end, it's like you know I brought about Kira Hogan early before, but you you can say the same about Moose. It's like shit, man. That's a great bringback. You yeah. don't hear that at all no. else on commentary either. Those no, he, bringbacks. He's really good. He's really good. I think he's under, very underrated. Rated. Thank you. Very underrated. I I feel like honestly. He might be beating up Michael Cole. I think Michael Cole's actually losing it a little bit. So we came into the sh- you came into my house today, and like you know, we were talking about the show before we started recording. And you're like, "Yeah, I got something for TV Takedown." And I was wondering, like, what else could you have picked? Right now, I mean, behind the only thing I could ever think about was the Triple Threat on NXT: uh, Gargano, O'Reilly, Dunn. That was a really good match, but I, you know, I, was, I wasn't I wasn't didn't, huge on the finish. Didn't oh, I love the finish. Well, you know, okay, because that led to. The outstanding promo between Cole and Cross. Uh, Cole carried that promo, by the way. Well, you want to talk about this? And I think uh, like Cole, like that line he just says where like all you have to do for him is ring the bell. Oh, man. Just get this guy whoever he wants. So I did I did have notes about this, actually. Oh, okay. It wasn't about the match. It was just Adam Cole. Baby. Adam Cole, baby. Very CM Punk-like, baby. I have to say. Not baby. It's baby. I said baby. You said baby. Well, well, I'll play it back for you. Go on. No, no, it's fine. Let's not waste time. But very CM Punk-like, the whole Adam Cole thing this past I week. I did not pick that up. Okay, I can see where you're coming from. You know what I'm talking about? Like, just just think about it. Like, so he's like supposed to be a heel, but the fans were completely behind the, the energy that he had, the 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 realness, the realness that he had. It was just... I don't know. I just got the same vibes, and, and, and I was all for it, man, because I was a big CM Punk fan for when he had the, the pipe bomb and all the way through to like when he finally said goodbye to WWE. It's funny you mention how he's a heel. I'm and, not feeling it. And the reaction he gets from them, the fans, they're popped. Yeah. It just reminds me of going back to what we talked about with your buddy, Britt Baker, also a heel, and the pop shit gets. What a great couple. 
Right? What a great couple this is. Right. Can you yeah. imagine what, the, uh, what their dinner must be like? I the... can't, man. Imagine being on the same show. Oh, power couple. Oh, man. They are a power couple, for sure. I'd love, right. love to hear their pillow talk. Oh, by the way, I this and blah, 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 and I did this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, see, I, I, I said dinner table. You took it one step further. Like, <laughs> dinner table's boring. So you want to you be right there in bed with him? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Maybe I thought about You're it. You're a sick fuck. Anyway, anything else for TV? I mean, really? I mean, what about that great match on Raw? What, Drew McIntyre and Kobe Kingston? Okay, I was just throwing it out there. I didn't know what you were going to say because there were no great matches on Raw. But I mean, I feel like that was a solid match, actually. For Raw. Yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, you want to talk about Raw real fast? Jimmy Smith? Hey? I did want to ask you about this. Hey? Not so bad, I, I guess for you sure. Were, I guess you were approving of him. I, I do approve. I, I, I feel like you brought it. There are some moments I feel like, is this Bry- Byron Saxon talking or Jimmy Smith talking? Hmm. Uh, Why do you see the difference between him and Adnan was? Believability. I heard uh, that he was training with Michael Cole, but I didn't hear that with Adnan. And if that was the case, training paid off. Mm. A lot of people backstage liked him. For a first show, I mean, he he's, he's, he's only got up to go, right? Yeah. So, I mean. I talked about Adnan's first show where uh, I noticed on the table he had this, all these notes. Mm, yeah. He spread was, out. Oh, Deer lost in the headlights yeah. for a show. And uh, I don't know if you agree, but I took it the wrong way, but I didn't mean it as a negative comment. I'm like, he's prepared. He knows what he wants. He's, he doesn't want to mess up. He's taking this seriously. All these notes. I didn't see the same amount of notes for Jimmy Smith. I think he was. I think he got the shit locked down. NXT helped him out probably in the training with Michael Cole. I think he did a good job. I see how long he lasts. Yeah. I mean, Hopefully I, it's finally, they finally found somebody they like. He, he, was, he seemed enthusiastic enough. Again, the, the, if I'm going to have one knock, and this is something he can't help, it's just like there are some times where I didn't know who was talking yeah, between can't Byron that. Saxon and, uh, and Jimmy Smith. They have a very similar sounding voice. Uh, usually a commentary, you want three guys to sound different or two guys or girls or whatever. The voices to sound different to, so you can really pinpoint who's talking there. If they're going to keep this going with Jimmy Smith, they may have to move Byron. I don't know. But props to Byron and Corey Graves are not only holding down and helping Adnan. But being able to just throw this new guy in, yeah, and not skip a beat, yeah. You know, I, I, beforehand we we're hanging out. I was like, Pat McAfee's absolutely crushing. He's my favorite commentator right now because just of his energy, it's a breath of fresh air. And you know, usually Corey Graves is, I would usually say, is one of my favorites. But I feel like lately he hasn't been quite as. Good, and that's he's bad. Not not necessarily performing the same level. I think it's just because of the fact that he had to be holding someone's hand for the past few weeks. Totally agree. And I mentioned to you when he said that we were saying SmackDown. I can't imagine. Like I would love to hear what Vince and the guys backstage are saying to him. Mm. And you made a good point. Like you can't you can't script him. And I think that's Pat the thing. McVay, he, no, you can't. Whatever he says, what he does, very comes off as unscripted. Yeah. It seems like a fan reacting to what, like if me and you were doing commentary with Michael Cole, I'd be like, I'm going to fucking rock out to Boogs, too. <laughs> well, dude, like, not for nothing, like, he's making that whole segment. Talk about that. You made a good point about that. The, the whole, I think normally, that whole Shinsuke Nakamura, Baron Corbin thing with, with, with Boogs, I feel like that normally would not go well. I give props to Nakamura for holding it down on, on social media. He's doing a great job. On that, it's yeah. very hilarious. But you're right. On TV, it's okay. Pat McAfee. His yeah. energy. Like, you, you can't help it. Like, it, it's fucking priceless. When Boots came out, he stood on the table <laughs> and waved his hands around like one of those wacky, waveable, inflatable tube men. Right. 
When's the last time you saw a commentator <laughs> stand on a table? Dude, I'm a huge Boogs fan because of Pat McAfee. Yeah. And it also, you made the point a couple weeks ago how you saw, how you liked him that he, when he stands up. Yeah. You think he does it on his podcast a lot. He, he does it on his podcast. And actually, when we were performing, uh, when we were recording over Zoom, I actually started doing that, that too. Yeah. And I felt the difference with the energy. However, when I do see him in the background standing up, like swaying back and forth, I don't see him looking at the monitor. No. I see him staring what's going on in the ring. Which is great. Which is what they're not told to do. <laughs> Pat McAfee's killing it. He is, man. You you can't control that, dude. I think WWE recognizes that. They, they recognize, like, listen, we just have to let him be him. Because, like, you see on his podcast, too, like, you can't control this guy at all, man. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got all this energy, and that, that's what makes him special. Thrusting his crotch in Michael Cole's face <laughs> as he aired guitars. <laughs> my, my favorite gift yeah. of all time. Great. Uh, I can go on all day long about Pat McAfee, but you know, going back to what we were talking about, you know, I, I feel like this is great because commentary it goes to show like how important it is and how really like it can help put the wrestlers over and the storyline over, and that's why I feel like Pat McAfee and Michael Cole what they're doing here, especially with Baron Corbin and Shinsuke Nakamura with SmackDown in general, it's it, it's a lot more enjoyable. And not a knock on Corey Graves at all, but it's just, it's fresh. And I think Pat McAfee has a big part of that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because, you know, not for nothing, like, we talk about with Jim Ross, for example, and the AEW commentary team. Honestly, with the live crowd going on, I felt like it was it was a different series with that. Hmm. Can you imagine it with us two when we do commentary? It, I felt like it was better. The, the, the more sold out BWF got, the louder that crowd was, I feel like the better we were. Because we do feed off that energy. Yeah. You know, you feed off that fan reaction. Can you imagine if we did that with no crowd? I can't. I actually never thought about it, but I can't imagine it. I I, th- I feel like, you know, we always talk about it with in-ring performers and how they must feel. And, and I could tell you how I felt as a manager going out there with, like, you know, half a crowd for, for BCW during pandemic. It felt awkward. But commentators? Yeah, for sure they definitely feel that. Because right off the bat, double or nothing, I saw a huge difference with them. And Pat McAfee is just a, he's a whole crowd in, in one person. <laughs> True. So that helps for the Thunderdome. I'm curious to see how he's going to do on the road. I was thinking that, too. Cause he, he's he, not going to be bad. He's going to be fucking. Well, just in general with his schedule, too, with, with the podcast. Oh, like, yeah. Well, the podcast, you, you can do that anywhere, as we did for the last year and a half. Mm. It's different, though. I think he's based in Indianapolis. He's, he's got the studio. No one's based. No one's based in Indianapolis. Like he's He's... Got the huge ass studio. Do you not watch it? No. No, watch it. It's pretty cool. Mm. Mm. Don't tell me what to do. Okay. You're just missing out. No big deal. On that note, Marcus, let's get into some go home thoughts. So, what do you have for me this week? Well, dude, I had my first rehearsal in person for Closer. I was in Queen, uh, Long Island City, Queens. Oh, my God. What a huge difference. It, it was kind of like this when I first saw you for the first time during the pandemic to do the show again. It, it just feels so different from performing on Zoom. It, it's it was magical, man. Like you know, there is a difference. I'm sure you felt it when you were doing Zoom. Yeah, that there is a difference between being in Zoom and in person. And we got through it. But once you did it in person, did you like were surprised to see how big of a difference it was? Well, totally. I mean, like it's first off, I mean, we're doing a different play than we did on Zoom, 
And no, but I'm saying in Zoom, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just in person on Zoom, it's just totally different. It's totally different. It, it, it totally is. And actually, we, we did like we we did one reading or half of the reading of uh for the play as a group on Zoom. It just we were talking about afterwards I'm like guys, I, I don't know about you, but I'm zoomed out, man. Like I feel like and it was such a hard play closer because there's a lot of like but 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 there's a lot of one liners in there, but there's a lot of undertone, there's a lot of subtext behind these lines, a lot of sexual tension. So it's really hard to deliver over Zoom something like that. Like you really need to be in person. Man, once we did it in person like this is it. Like this, this, this is awesome. Great. So it, it's, uh, I'm pumped for it. Again, one of my favorite plays of all time. I'm, I'm thrilled to do it. I have a meeting coming up with, uh, with a theater in, in the city to talk about putting on over there. We'll see how that goes, man. Like, you know, the, the journey's just beginning for that as, as it is for my company that I just started, local media. Uh, you know, absolutely crushing right now. I'm, I'm gearing up to have an awesome 2021 and going to 2022. A, a exciting times right now to be a Schwan. Yeah, at least one of us is. <laughs> do you like doing Broadway theater? I think I mean, actually, do you like the theater over TV or movies, or do you prefer one over the other? I know they're different mediums, but basically, Ooh, I love TV film. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not getting you wrong. That's why I be, the question. Better money behind it for sure, of course. But you know, there's something to be said about performing live, man. What is it? Because I hear that all the time. A lot of theater theater people. There's something about being in a live crowd. There's something about Broadway. That's one of the reasons why I got into wrestling, actually. Uh, as, as far as crowd, yeah, missing missing that interaction with the crowd, missing the working. Well, I guess off that's, of, that's kind of your theater, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Interesting take. It, it, I missed performing in front of a live crowd. That's really what it was. It, it's the energy because you can do the same show so many times, so it's going to be a, yeah, it's going to have a different vibe each time you do it. And that's what's so special about it. I don't know. It's just honestly, words can't describe it. It's just you have to do it, and you feel it, man. You really, you just feel it. Well said. Thank you. So, Marcus, you're out there doing what you love to do. For sure, you're living your life. Yeah. Again, finally. <laughs> My go home thought. I found a new TV show. <sighs> two different people. We are Mark again. Two different people. <laughs> So I have a good friend of mine, one of my closest friends, comes over every week to hang out. He used to skip his wife and kids. He comes over to hang out with me. The problem is, we watch TV here. So anytime I get into a TV show, I tell him, oh, you want to start watching this? He likes it. Now I got to stop watching it and watch it with him. Oh, I have the same thing with my wife. Bojack Horseman, Brock Meyer. We did it with, uh, now we're doing it with Invincible, which on Amazon Prime I hear great things about. So he was here the other day. We watched two episodes. Time to watch episode three. Okay? Mm-hmm. Of Invincible, Amazon Prime. Great show. Adult cartoon. We go to watch it. It goes, next episode, episode six. I don't, we, we're, we're on episode three. He goes, did you jump ahead of me? Like, no, I haven't watched it at all. We start, we start watching episode three. Mm-hmm. German subtitles. Did somebody fucking hack my Amazon account? Oh, no way. So what I did is I changed my password on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But I remember I changed it before. But I was still able to log in without entering a password on Amazon Prime on my old dilapidated Xbox that you did not update for me. Sorry. So now I'm wondering, did this guy from Germany need to re-enter my password? Or does he, does he still watch my Amazon for free? Because it just, it just blew my mind what the fuck's going on. So I changed my password 
I go on to Amazon app to log in. Tells me to put my new password in. That I just changed 30 seconds ago. I'm sorry, invalid password. This. <laughs> I fucking hate when this happens. You change a password and it goes, oh, invalid password. No, it's not. I fucking wrote it down. It's the fucking right password. <laughs> I don't need this right now, Mark. I got so much other stuff going on in my life. I don't need the fucking Amazon to be a bitch to me right now. Long story short, I found a new show that I'm not telling my friend about because I want to watch it by myself. Wait, wait, wait. So is Amazon Prime done for you now? Like, No. I, 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 once I reset my password for the second time. Or is the German guy going to beat you to it? Probably. <laughs> Lock you out. There is – I forgot what app it is. But it's – is it Facebook? There's an app that when you change your password, it goes, log out of all devices. Yeah, okay. No. Amazon does not have that. I have two-factor authentication, which I did not know about. So I changed my password and tried to sign back in, and it gave me a code to my – it sent me a text to my phone for a code. Right. So that was this fucking German guy. Dude, that's crazy, man. I've never heard of anyone doing – I guess it does – this is a thing. People hacking into other people's subscriptions. Now I'm getting verklempt. Getting agitated. Talk about yourself, Marcus. Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. Discuss. <laughs> Well, now, 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 now you have me thinking. I, I, I'm not one to think out loud, putty. Yeah, good job, Marcus. Thank you. Very entertaining. But I found a new show, by the way. World of Story. I'm not telling my friend Mayor about. Mary Town. So I want to watch it by myself. No. Girls Five Eva. I auditioned for that show. What part? Real? Um. God, what was the part? Paula Pell's part. No, it wasn't like a mean, mean, the mean, mean part. I think it was like a limo driver type of deal. Oh. No, because the limo driver on the show was uh, that other guy. Oh, while you're here, i got to show you something on my TV. Your episode of Unforgettable aired oh, literally God. today. Are you kidding me? We're going to replay it when the show ends. But Girls 5 Ever on Peacock. If you're done watching WB Network stuff, check it out. If you want a lighthearted, not-thinking comedy show, check it out. I needed a laugh, and it provided it for me. Thank you, Tina Fey. Yeah, well, yeah, remember I told you, oh, I'm auditioning for a Tina Fey show? Like that, oh, that yeah. was it. Oh, shit. Right. Yeah, that was it. That sucks. You didn't get it. Nah, I know. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know. I, I need to get my Xbox. <laughs> so let's wrap things up. Marcus, so for... Oh, sorry. I was just still thinking about the audition. <laughs> for the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwann, you can find me at yourfavoriteactor.com. And that's all I got. <laughs> I have been your host at Michael J. Putty. Until next week. Party out. Hey baby, I hear the bell ring in hip tosses and body slams. Oh my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha ha ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody! <laughs> <laughs>